Welcome to Young Government Leaders Podcast, where we strive to provide early to mid-career public servants with the tools and support needed to lead from where you are. Thanks for joining us. I'm Victoria, and I'm one of your co-hosts. I have been in the federal government for about 13 years. And I'm Grace. I've been in the federal government for almost three years. Our goal with this podcast is to help develop leaders at the federal, state, local, and tribal levels, regardless of age, stage of career, or positional title. Let's jump into our episode. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Um, We have a very special guest here that we're excited to introduce everybody to. Um, We have Lauren here with us, and I'm just going to say your name and not give any of the other stuff in your intro away. So (laughs) thanks for joining us today. And we'd love to just hear a little bit about you. Where do you live? Where do you work? Why are you here with us today? Absolutely. Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much, Grace and Victoria, for this opportunity to have to share some resources through this podcast called Young Government Leaders. Um, As Grace mentioned, my name is Lauren Agin, and for anyone who is visually impaired on listening to the podcast, I have medium length brown hair, a big blue eyes, pale skin, and I am wearing a green blouse today. I am also hard of hearing deaf, and my name sign is LN, and that is a name sign that my parents gave me. Uh, I know earlier you mentioned to tell you a little bit about where I live and work and how I got there, so I will go ahead and talk about that. I live in the grand state, mm-hmm. known as the Hoosier State, also <laughs> in Indiana, and I work at the Defense Finance and Accounting Service. I currently serve as the Disability Program Manager. And I'll tell you a little bit about how I got to be where I am today. Right before I graduated from college at the Rochester Institute of Technology, National Technical Institute for the Deaf, In New York, I received a phone call from a workforce recruitment program liaison in Illinois. She said to me, Lauren, would you be interested in a paid summer internship? Amazing. (laughs) And I I said, well, where is it? It's in Illinois with the Department of Army. And I'm not joking. I hung up the phone. I'm thinking, <laughs> I work for the Army. I have a disability. And I'm thinking, working for the Department of Army is me in a military uniform. That's what I'm thinking. I didn't <laughs> realize that the civilian position in agencies such as Department of Army that workforce recruitment program liaison did not give up on me. And she called me back and she explained to me, like, whoa, 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 when I asked you to join the military, <laughs> you a civilian for an internship. And so I said, okay, well, I have to graduate school first, and then I'll come over. <laughs> um, so I, I graduated school in New York, and then I literally found an apartment for my internship in Illinois. And I had like no idea what I would get in, into, but it was an opportunity to gain work experience. 
Just to clarify, the workforce recruitment program allows college students and recent graduates to have an opportunity to do an internship or get a permanent position or both in the federal government. And if you are listening to this podcast and you're a person with a disability and you're in college or a recent graduate, please reach out to your career counselors. Tell them that you want to enroll in the workforce recruitment program. It can truly be life-saving. I know it changed my life. I went to Illinois, worked for the Department of Army, whole new lifestyle, like (laughs) never been in a military base. I was so intimidated, like getting on the base. I was like, wow, this is so different. And so anyone on the call, if you are a military brat and you're like, oh, this is nothing. (laughs) Someone like me, I'm pretty, I'm pretty new to it. And I worked as an equal employment opportunity assistant for 14 weeks. I look back at my internship experience. I showed up to work on time. I asked questions. I got my hand into projects. I helped out whenever I could. And that is some tips that I would give to anyone who is about to do an internship in the government or outside of the government. Make sure you show do the simple thing. Show up to work on time. Do your work. Smile. Like you can make a difference. Smiling to make someone fit. <laughs> And people want to be around um, individuals who are positive, right? Mm-hmm. The, it boosts the morale. So after my internship with Department of Army, my supervisor offered me a full-time job through Schedule A. Schedule A is a non-competitive hiring authority for people with disabilities. I was like, well... I was not expecting a job offer, but of course I'm going to accept it. I loved the people <laughs> I worked with. I loved learning more and more about Army history. I was really into it. I still am to this day. I did. So I accepted the full-time job. And after a few years working at the Rock Island Arsenal, I decided I want a little, little bit of a change. And my supervisor supported me to go to Washington, D.C. for a detail. I did a six-month detail as an equal employment specialist with Department of Army at Fort Belvoir, and I did a little work at the Pentagon, and that was such a great experience because it was during that detail that I realized what I want to do, and that was to be a disability program manager. After my detail, I applied for a position in Georgia for to be the disability program manager, and after applying for the job, interviewing, I accepted it, and moved to Georgia from Illinois, (laughs) and um, wow, the weather is great there, like, compared to the Midwest, sunshine, hello, (laughs) yes, yes, Uh, so I spent some time at Fort Benning, Georgia, and it was a really humbling experience, and it was during that time I realized I want to be closer to my family and that and sometimes in your career, your priorities will change. When I went to Georgia, my priority was to be the disability program manager. And after doing that job, I realized I wanted to be closer to family. And that is how I ended up with Defense Finance and Accounting Service. I found a job with them in the Midwest. I don't know anything about Defense Finance and Accounting (laughs) Service. I was all um, my history with Department of Army, but I had an interview and I accepted and I went to go work at Defense Finance and Accounting Service. 
And that is how I got to be where I am today. <laughs> wow, the journey. That was amazing. I, I I really love the the fact that um you were willing to move around and <laughs> to really put yourself out there and have that courage to um look forward and not really um put barriers around or limit yourself. Um, I work with DFAS quite a bit. I work for the Department of Defense and um, and DFAS makes all of our payments to our contractors. So very familiar with DFAS. Um, and, and I think that your journey to in the federal government is just amazing. Um, with that, and I love this question, can you tell us your why? What fuels your fire? What what's what what gives you what what gives you that that passion? What is the passion? What is your why? Victoria, great question. <laughs> That's kind of a loaded question, but great question. I would say that my parents are the core of my values. I think very highly of my mom and my dad, and they help me. They're along with the village that I grew up with, but it takes a village to raise a child. And my parents were such huge factors in my life. And the fire and the passion that I have is to pay back, pay forward the kindness that others have shown me to help me be where I am today. And part of my passion is just working with people with disabilities or even if they don't have a disability. I just like working with people. Um, but really my fire is the inspiration of what my parents went through to raise me. I know I was not, I had a lot of medical problems growing up as a child. I had a heart transplant when I was seven years, seven days old. Wow. And yeah, so I received the gift of life. So I'm very grateful for my donor family. And due to the medication I was on while waiting for a heart caused me to lose my hearing. I wear hearing aids in both ears. And my heart came from Texas. So I tell people all the time, don't mess with me. And so really my passion and my fire is the village that, that helped me be the person that I am today. And I want to pay forward that kindness that they shown me. And one of those things that sparked in my life is I, my very first supervisor gave me an opportunity to work for the federal government and she believed in me and what's really cool about my current job is I am the workforce recruitment program liaison for the agency I work at and Full so circle. now I get yeah <laughs> now I get to be on the other side of it where I started my career as a WRP intern and now I get to be the liaison for that program and recruit college students and recent graduate to come work at the agency that I work at and be able to share with them resources that helped me when I was a WIP intern. And that is very rewarding within itself. And it's even more rewarding when they get a full-time job after the internship. <laughs> That's awesome. I love when I love hearing stories like that where people, um, you know, have this experience and then they go back to 
give back to something that was so positive in their life and, you know, hopefully pay it forward for others. So that's talk awesome. About, talk about a public servant. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you, you serve to serve essentially, you know, right. and, and I think that's, what's so special about people who work in the government, whether it's federal, local, state, tribal, um, you know, we, we have the, the drive to make an impact uh, from our experiences, right. And how we were able to enter into the government um, and to have the opportunity to be a part of WRP and to have that experience, you, you know, it's different when you say, Oh, this is a great program, but when you can say it's a great program (laughs) and, I went through it and this is my success story is inspiring. And I think that that touches a lot more um, closer than, than someone who, you know, is not so close to the role that, that, you know, is trying to recruit um, people. I think that there's a huge decline in people wanting to work for the government. You know, they have this idea of working for the government is, oh, it's a boring desk job. Oh, you know, nothing great. But I would say we're pretty awesome. I mean, Lauren, <laughs> you seem like you're really great to work with. I would love to work with you. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I also wanted to thank you just for sharing sort of your life story and the history of your disabilities and kind of like how that's brought you to where you are today. So what advice would you give to anyone that's interested in getting involved in disability rights? That is a great question. I would tell anyone who wants to get involved in disability rights and perhaps not just disability rights, just any matter is read, listen to podcasts like this one, (laughs) advertising, free advertising, ask questions. If you don't ask questions, you're not going to learn. And the most important thing is to follow your passion. That's where it all begins. And get involved with the community. For example, at your local library, they may be providing a free American Sign Language class to the community. Go take it, learn about it, and you may or may not like it. And then you'll meet other people who may have the same passion as you. And so my my three advice is to read, ask questions, and figure out what is your passion. I had no idea that libraries offer, you know, classes, courses, or just like an intro to ASL. Um you know, I think that having that knowledge is is great because now I'm going to look at Pikes Peak Library, which is my local system, and see um, if there is something. And if not, how can we get it started? Um, you know, it, it's 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 one thing to to just have the idea. And if they say, no, we don't have it. Okay. Well, you know, let's utilize our taxpayers dollars and let's get something started. I'm sure there's many advocates locally that would be willing to teach or at least introduce people to ASL or, you know, um, at least different types of educational 
opportunities to expand our knowledge. Yeah, I think the advice you gave is really, um, as you said, relevant for not just those that are involved in disability rights. It's absolutely something that anyone involved in anything really um, should take that advice. So, Lauren, what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to other federal employees or anyone looking to join the federal government? I know you touched on it a little bit throughout our conversation, but, um, you know, I think entering into the government one it's intimidating because you hear all these stories um you also hear how how hard it is to get into the government um and then people people having limits on themselves thinking they can't do it um so what what kind of advice do you have for anyone that has put up these these walls these these barriers these limits on themselves what advice do you have the biggest piece of advice i would give to anyone coming from an individual who gets really nervous before an interview i don't know if anyone on the call is like super nervous for interview <laughs> but a book that changed my life and provided me the confidence that i needed to pursue an interview is 60 Seconds and You're Hired by Robin Ryan. That book changed my life, whether you're applying for a job within the government or outside, read that book. It will change your life. It changed mine. On a side note, continue to apply for a position on USA Job. And if you are a person with a disability, couple options. On the OPM, Office of Personnel Management website, there is a list of selected placement coordinators. And based on what state you want to work in, find a selected placement coordinator, reach out to them and ask them if there's any vacant positions that you would qualify for based on your qualification. And they may know of an op- a vacant position in which you could fill through Schedule A. So definitely look at the OPM website for selected placement coordinators. Secondly, if you're a person with a disability, get your Schedule A letter. I don't know if like, you've read or heard the story of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That golden ticket, the golden ticket changed Charlie's life, right? A whole new world. And if you have a Schedule A letter, it's like a golden ticket. It can change your life because... You can obtain a job potentially without competing with everyone else. But the important thing is that you have to be qualified for that position. So I would encourage individuals with disabilities like myself to apply for a position on USA Job, consider uploading your Schedule A letter, but also reach out to the selected placement coordinators, provide them your resume, tell them the kind of work you're looking for, and they may have a Schedule A database within their own agency in which they can take your information and put it in the database. So when a supervisor has a vacant position, and let's say they decide, you know what, I want to hire someone through Schedule A. I don't want to go through the competitive process. That supervisor can look in that agency Schedule A database, and if they see your name and you're qualified for that position, they can hire you without without interviewing anyone else. So definitely 
look at getting a schedule letter, aka the golden ticket. And last but not least, sometimes it's about who you know, network, LinkedIn. There is people that you may meet and you just may never realize what kind of opportunities or vacant positions they may have within their own agency. So it doesn't hurt to be nice to people. You just never know when someone's going to come back into your life. Someone once told me people are like waves, they come and go. And for your career, you want to leave a lasting impression on those that you meet because you never know. There's going to be a time in your life that maybe you need to be in a certain state. And you're like, oh, you know what? I think I know someone that lives in that state. Network with them. Find out what kind of positions they know about that are vacant and see if you would qualify for those positions. I know sometimes it can be frustrating applying for positions on USA jobs. You just have to keep trying. That is my general advice. So forgive me. I don't know the process or the route for someone to get a Schedule A letter. How does one go about doing that? Great question. Literally Google Schedule A and you can pull a template of a Schedule A letter off of the the personnel management website, download it, take it to your doctor or book rehab, have them sign it with their office letterhead. And that is how you get a Schedule A letter. Now, in order to qualify to get a Schedule A letter, you have to be a person with a disability. Uh, and per- if you're not sure what a disability is, a mental or physical impairment that Im- impacts one or more major life activity, there's also a form called SF-256 that lists a bunch of disabilities. If you're just wondering what kind of disabilities are out there. I also do want to share... Even if you're like within the government or you're about to get an internship and you need an accommodation, check out the Computer Electronic Accommodation Program website. Um, Federal employees that order equipment from that site can be sent to that individual for free upon approval from their supervisor. And that is a great resource for DOD employees. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. You're such a wealth of information. I feel like I learned so much. So I really, <laughs> I really appreciate you. For, for our us. audience that can't see Lauren, she goes, whew. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm assuming the nerves and, and I definitely relate to that. And when you were saying how, how you get nervous um, for interviews. So I've been in the government coming up for 13 years now. And even with doing the the interviews that I had been doing, I have to put my earbuds in and then I, I, I have to listen to music and I have to like just jam out and just get real hyped up and then um, dance around. And I'm sure I look crazy doing it, but it calms my nerves. And and I just kind of laugh at myself because it's it's just, you know, uh, you know, there's it's nothing to to be too terribly um, afraid of, because in your soul, you know, you know, the, those things, you know, that information. And and it's it's. Uh, for me, it's pretty comical to see me that way, but, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, this is so good. Um, Lauren, you are just so smiley and your, your knowledge is really inspiring. And I think 
literally when I get off of this, our podcast, I'm going to look at our library system. Um, in my elementary school back in New Mexico, um, that was our, our, um, second language ASL. Um, we had a huge, um, population of, um, different levels of, of, uh, primary students i say primary because i've been reading a lot of united kingdom stuff <laughs> elementary <laughs> school students um and so they taught us asl so that we could talk to our our co um students and um you know i wish i would have kept kept you know doing that and um while my children were growing up when well, yeah, they're four and six um <laughs> that was one of the biggest things that I taught them were basic you know ASL signs was because they couldn't verbalize they could only tell me through ASL and I think that that's so special and and I know how much it would mean to our community not just with ASL but with the other disabilities and to learn and be more educated and through our education inspire other people to do the same and so I really hope through this podcast episode that people are a little bit more knowledgeable about um disability programs um and um how to look for a schedule a letter i never knew that that was um an option and um so yeah i i i think i've learned a thing or two today thank you and i do just want to add that whether you're a supervisor a non-supervisor an employee when you know of someone that has a disability Focus on their ability and not their disability. Just want to leave it with that. Oh, I love that. That's great. Thank you so much, Lauren. This was wonderful. Thanks for listening. We hope we inspired you to take the next step in your career. Join us for our next episode by clicking the subscribe button.